This is a diet of Brussels. Does Denmark really have a, a special opt-out uh, on certain things? Earlier this week, uh, Boris Johnson uh, wrote a piece in The Telegraph where he was saying, uh, you know, we talk about how uh, the UK can't get a special deal for itself. Uh, and yet here we have the case of Denmark, which in addition to the uh, clarifications and the uh, changes and modifications that were made in the wake of its rejection of the Maastricht Treaty, it also has a special protocol. In this, Johnson is, uh, of course, uh, right that Denmark does have a protocol that was attached to the original Maastricht Treaty, which basically says that uh, existing Danish legislation uh, could stay in place um, uh, regarding the acquisition of property in Denmark. Now, uh, the history behind this is, is quite particular. But in essence, there was a concern at the time, uh, and had long been a concern in Denmark, that the more liberalisation there was of uh, free movement, uh, of uh, people, of uh, goods and services and uh, capital, that uh, potentially uh, a lot of Germans would be coming to Denmark and buying up Danish property. And this was sufficiently... Uh, uh, big as an issue at the time of the Maastricht negotiations in '91, that the Danish government insisted that there would be a provision in the treaty, attached as a protocol, which would let them keep their uh, uh, existing legislation, which in effect meant that uh, uh, non-Danes would find it very hard to buy property in Denmark. Now, this is a very uh, particular uh, kind of situation. It's a very unusual one. It's one of the very few instances where a country has a specific derogation from uh, a central piece of uh, EU uh, activity. And that, it's slightly different from, say, the British opt-out from a single currency, uh, because that was uh, a pro project that was still to come. And so, uh, there it was more a matter of saying, you know, here the UK wishes to stop at this point in the process uh, and doesn't want to go any further. Whereas the Danish uh, example seemed to be saying, well, here's something that we should already in principle be doing because free movement is something which has always been in the treaties and predates Danish accession. Uh, and actually, we want to allow this, uh, this system to stay in place. The question is, is that a useful model? Well, on the one hand, uh, clearly it is a useful model in the sense that it demonstrates that where member states do want to make an accommodation of different countries, then accommodations can be made. And if you uh, ever feel moved to uh, read the treaties, you'll see that as well as uh, the main treaty text, you have a long list of protocols concerning any number of uh, particular situations for particular countries. However, the very exceptional uh, nature of that Danish protocol, I think, also points to the limitation of that as an approach. Um, the chances that the UK would be allowed to have a similarly uh, 
fundamental protocol, and it wouldn't clearly be just about property acquisition, but would be about something much more generic potentially, whether that's about f- access to uh, welfare benefits or about uh, some exemption from the language around ever closer union. Uh, something like that, which is uh, wide uh, sweeping, which potentially has systematic effects, looks much harder, in fact, impossible for other member states to agree to. As much as other member states would like to make some accommodation of the British situation and help uh, a fellow uh, member state in need, that doesn't mean that they are necessarily going to want to compromise the legal integrity any further than uh, is strictly necessary to meet those demands. So as much as Johnson is uh, helpful in reminding us of the existence of that protocol, its practical utility, I think, is going to remain relatively small. 